0: I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hello, it is Jen here from I Am Jen Wilson, and I'm doing a solo show today, and it's also being done very last minute. Because I don't have any interviews in the bag. I have a couple lined up for next week, which means interviews will be back. But this week, it's me. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to talk about. Um, I had a strange week, personally. On Friday, I think it was. My emotions were all over the place. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I reached out to a few friends and they were all the same. So I don't know if there was something in the air or the moon was in a different position or what was going on. But I was all over the place and just, I couldn't even think about sitting down to record a podcast. um, Because I don't think I would have been able to do it without crying, to be honest. But the next day I woke up and everything seemed okay. But I also realised I still have to record a podcast and today is Sunday. Morning, and I'm just. I've got about 40 minutes before I need to leave the house to go and deliver a workshop on how I healed myself from Crohn's, which I'm super excited to go and do and to share because people are not necessarily getting the help that they need to from the health service. Which you know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts where I've been talking about my illness before. The NHS are amazing at what they do, but they are very limited to what information they they can and do share. So I'm going to share with people those other little bits that I have found useful to me. might not help everybody, but it might help somebody, and that's what's important. So I did reach out to my communities to see if... What should I talk about on this solo podcast? What can I say? What can I I talk about? Do you have any questions that I can answer? So somebody did come back to me with the statement, Han Solo. And I had to go back to them and go, I don't know what this means. (laughs) Turns out it's a character from Star Wars, I think. Maybe, Star Wars. Um, Yeah, so I can't talk about Han Solo because I'm not even 100% sure that I've remembered correctly what um, show, film, movie. I don't even know where Han Solo comes from. So yeah, I can't talk about Han Solo. Um, I did get other questions though. So I'm gonna an- tell you the question and then give you my answer. So the first question was, what did you want to be when you grew up? Is it the same or similar to what you do now? So when I was really little, I wanted to own a sweet shop. So that I could eat all the sweeties that I wanted because we as kids weren't really allowed to eat a lot of sweets. Um, my mum discouraged it. My grandparents on the other hand did stuff us full of sweets for the whole weekend when we saw them but my mum was very conscious about not doing that. So I thought my solution to this problem when I grew up was I wanted to um, yeah, have my own sweet shop. Interesting concept. I also had a notion at one point to be a social worker which somebody, Mm -hmm. and I now believe they wisely, discouraged me from it because I wanted to be a social worker because I thought I would be able to make a change in the world and help people from that place. Um, The person who was advising me was like, you know, you're restricted by boundaries and guidelines and it's not necessarily a happy job and people who I know that work in social work just now are probably some of the most stressed and distressed people that I come across because they want to, they want to help but they're restricted by red tape and yeah it's not it's not the job that I had for some reason when I was seven or eight I thought that it, that it could be something else that I wanted to do because I wanted to be a hairdresser. Um, not sure where that came from. But I decided against it because I always have had problems with eczema on my hands and I thought that being around the chemicals of hairdressing products would probably not be good for my skin. I also wanted to be a gypsy, travelling the world in a caravan. And I've done that partly. I did travel the world, not in a caravan, but I have travelled significantly around the world, across Southeast Asia, spent two or three months out there going to hong kong vietnam cambodia thailand malaysia singapore macau and then i went into australia and i did buy a van and i drove across australia from perth all the way across the south coast and up to the gold coast where i lived for a few years and then when i came back i went from australia up to malaysia malaysia up into china and then worked my way up China from Hangzhou, Beijing, Chenzhou, no, Shanghai, Chenzhou, Beijing. And then we got onto the Trans-Siberian Railway and got the train from Beijing through Mongolia, up into Russia, right across Russia to St. Petersburg where I got on a bus and went into Riga. And then had to get a flight from Viga back to Scotland because there was an issue with the person that I was traveling with visa for when he got to the UK so we had to make changes to our plans because our plan originally had to be make our way right the way across to the UK on buses and trains across the rest of Europe but we flew back from Riga into Presbyte and said and that was amazing Um, I was a travel agent in my previous life that's what I did when I left school my reason for going to do travel and tourism when I left school was because at the end of the first year you went on holiday with the college. I'm not sure it's the smartest career choice but that's where I was at that time and doing travel and tourism really fitted with that wanting to be a traveller and wanting to go around the world because I thought that that's what working in a travel agency would help me do. It didn't because as I started working there they took away all the... um, the free holidays that travel agents used to get and the familiarization excursions that they used to do. They took them all away and then started to bring them in, of course, as I left. But hey um, So yeah, in a previous life, I was a travel agent. I also worked in foreign exchange, so selling the foreign currency. And while I was in Australia, I did a lot of PA work for a travel manager. I also worked for Singapore Airlines for a little while in one of their call centres when I was in Glasgow. So yeah, I've had quite a, a varied life. Um, nothing has been similar to what I do now other than the underlying desire to have freedom in my life and to help people feel better. That's always like the social work, the hairdressing, maybe even the sweetie shop. It was about being able to help people feel better and the traveling was about traveling and experiencing the world and being free to do that. The next question, is life what you thought it would be like at 40? If not, how is it different? Um, I suppose when I was little, I thought when I would be 40, I'd be a grown up. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that I would be a proper adult and now that I am 40 which I turned 40 on the 26th of May um, now that I am 40 I don't feel like an adult and a grown up in so many ways but there's certain ways that I'm like oh I really should be taking a bit more responsibility here and a little bit more mm, grown up attitudes to certain things like sorting out my finances Um have I have had a conversation with a money person, though, and had a discussion about setting up a pension, because, yes, at 40, I do not have a pension plan in place. Um, I did start one when I was 21, when I worked in the travel agents. However, I left the travel agents about six months after I started it, and then never paid any more money into it, so there's about 150 quid in that. Um, And then one of the other jobs that I did have gave you a pension, so there's and again I only stayed in that job for maybe 10 months so there's a little bit of money sitting there that's not going to be a lot of money when it comes to retirement age so I spoke to Louise who I'm hoping to get on this podcast to talk about money and our mindset around money um yeah that realization that you need to start taking maybe some responsibility for things um that's probably the only yeah I don't feel like a grown-up I still feel like I'm maybe 17 at the unders and I'm in there going I shouldn't be here but I'm here yeah I still kind of feel like that now that I'm 40. Um, what has been your favorite year so far? <laughs> um. Jeez, that is a difficult question. What has been my favourite year? There's been so many favourite years because 2002, I went to live in Greece and worked for the very first time away from home, lived away from home. Um, And I had uh, the best summer of 2002. It was just... But it was very drunk. Um... 2006 is when I went on my travel around Southeast Asia and across Australia, and that was amazing. 2009, I turned 30, and that's when I did my other traveling back to the UK, um, across China and Russia. Um, 39 was a pretty good year. It was a really good year because I was made free from my Crohn's medication. Um, Yeah, I don't know, lots of things, so many different things have happened that shine a light and I've been very fortunate. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what my favourite year is. What piece of advice would you give to yourself when you started out self-employed? Put some money into savings every single month. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would definitely be the advice that I would give myself because you need to have a buffer when you're self-employed. I have found that everything is feast and famine. You know, some months, everybody wants to come to class, everybody wants one ones and then over the summer, over the winter, People disappear because they're away on holiday, Christmas, like feast and famine. And it's not even as linear as just the summer and just Christmas. It kind of happens every quarter that there's this kind of seasonal thing. And um, so you kind of need to make sure that you've always got that buffer there. Um, my money lady suggests that you should have three months of what your bills are as your backup just in case anything happens. And obviously I learned that when I, I got diagnosed with Crohn's because I couldn't work. I could barely stand. So not having a buffer at that point, fucking scary. Like, I did look and go, how am I paying my bills? Oh shit, what am I going to do? Um, I did get a small payout from my critical illness and medical insurance. Um... But had I not had that, I would have had to have gone to my mum and dad's and asked for a loan. I would have had to ask them to help me out because I would have been up a shit creek without a penny. Um, so yeah, have put some money aside so that you have a buffer because not having that money there is just horrendous, 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 horrendous. And it causes so much unnecessary stress. You know, I was already stressed um, and that was one of the underlying causes for my illness. But that additional stress didn't help. It certainly did not help. So that would be my number one advice. Um, probably my number two advice to um, being self-employed get out and network go and meet people face to face don't just sit behind your computer screen on social media Try to make connections yes make connections on social media but then make connections with those people reach out and then go and see them in real life speak to them in real life make friends with them not, not with the underlying purpose of these are going to be my client but when you are self-employed it is lonely, lonely, lonely. So you need a network of friends to be able to reach out for help, reach out for support, bounce ideas off of. And maybe those people bring you business, maybe they don't, but don't go to don't go to networking events or even connect with people on social media purely with the under, underlying thought of you could be my client. Reach out to them because you want them to be your friend first. And once you've got your friends, maybe that will turn into money. Maybe it won't. Yeah, I think that's my two. Maybe I'll go for a third. Um, third one. That's back to money. Track everything. Track all your money coming in. Track all your money coming out. Especially when you go out for coffees, go out for teas, pick up a packet of crisps in the supermarket for a snack because when you don't take responsibility for your money, it just disappears. If somebody pays you in cash and you put that cash in your purse, guaranteed in a couple of days that cash will be gone because you'll have spent it mindlessly on things because you just see that there's money in, money in your purse I've now got into the habit of when people pay me cash, I go and pay it straight into the bank as soon as possible so that I know what it is that I'm spending and what it is that I'm spending on. And I use an app to track my income as well. I spend a surprising amount of money on snacks when I'm out and about, which um, you just think of oh, 50 pence here or a pound here or a couple of pounds here and there over the month, it does add up. So that having that information to hand is so useful super super useful um yes that was all the questions that i had i did only give people like 24 hours of yeah i need some questions can somebody hit me up with them if you have got any questions for me that you would like me to talk about share discuss here on the podcast send me an email jen at iamjenwilson.com or Jane at I am Warrior uh, at No More I Am uh, Jane at WarriorWomenProject dot and I will get to those questions and be able to answer them. If there is somebody that you would really love to hear me have on the podcast, or if you are somebody who would love to be on the podcast to come and have a chat and maybe share your story or just tell us what it is that you're doing, please send an email as well. Just put in the subject box, podcast, and that way I will know that you are either wanting to be on or you have a suggestion or you have a question. and That is always amazing. So I am going to be signing off because I need to get my ass out of here to go and deliver this workshop. Um, Remember to check out... HelpYourSale.com. I had Lilia Sinclair on a couple of podcasts ago and we were talking about Heal Scotland. Today's event that I'm going to, which is now yesterday's event when you're listening to this on Monday, is um, a fundraiser for the Heal Scotland community. We start on the 30th of March and there are events on all March, uh, April, May, and June. I will be at the complex, in Argyll, in Loughgill Um, 13th of April, and it's a one-day workshop that I am talking to people about healing the Crohn's. we're going to look at how I've used Ayurveda specifically, um, and how I've used that for healing, but Ayurveda is one of these things that when you grasp some of the basics of it, and understand what body type you are, what that means and how foods fit into this and how the environment fits into this and how the seasons fit into this. It is so useful to help bring more balance into your life and to help you become more connected with yourself and with nature. So if you feel disconnected, you don't have to have Crohn's, you don't even have to have a chronic illness. If you've got an interest in Ayurveda or reconnecting with yourself or if you're sick of going on diets that don't work, then please come along to the one-day workshop. It's on the 13th of April. I'll also be hosting a week-long retreat from the 3rd of June out at Local on that same um, complex in Argyle. And the week-long retreat, again, is based around putting protocols into place that I have used healing from, from Crohn's. Again, you don't need to have Crohn's to be there if you've got digestive issues, if you just don't know how or when or what to eat if you just need a week away where you can reconnect with yourself and disconnect from the chaos of life so that you can give yourself a nice foundation that you can then take back to your real life and go through on a daily basis some of the stuff that I introduce doesn't take up any more time it makes you feel bloody good and that's what it is that i want to to share with people so there's only six spaces on that retreat so if you're interested head over to the helpyourself.com website for every copy of my book nine rules to sort your shit if you buy it through iamjennwilson.com forward slash heal scotland if you buy your copy through there then every, £3 of every copy is going to the huge Scotland community. I'm donating that money to help raise more funds so that we can subsidise the, um, the project because over the 12 weeks we want to make it as affordable as possible for people so that money isn't the, the barrier between them getting healthier, them feeling better, and themselves. So please. If you've got spare, some spare cash and you want to help donate some money to Heal Scotland, then please go over to there and buy a copy of my book from there. Or if you see me around, then you can buy one from me directly. Just hand me a tenner and I will be able to get a book to you. So I am going to sign off now. Remember to give us some stars, give us some love, give us some shares, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform it is that you listen to it on. Send it over to your friends for your friends to listen to if you find any of the information on any of the podcasts interesting or useful. And if you're just new to the podcast, go back and listen to some of the interviews that we've got on there. had some amazing guests with really, truly inspirational stories. And next week, I have a guest. I'm recording this guest tomorrow, which will be Monday, which will be today, the day you're listening. I have Kat Patterson, And I am so excited to get Kat on. I've been trying to get Kat on this podcast for months, months and months. She is super interesting. I don't want to tell you too much about what it is that we're going to talk about, but look out for it. If you subscribe, it will be delivered straight to you. And I will speak to you on the next podcast. Signing out.